Episode of College Talk. I'm your host, Beth Brandon. And as promised, uh, today we're going to be talking about some FAFSA myths, but we're actually going to split it up. We're not going to overwhelm you. What we're going to do today is we are going to talk about one FAFSA myth, and we're going to also talk about the state deadlines because this is the time of year where students start to get those acceptance letters. And then it also brings upon us the question of, awesome, how do I pay for this? Uh, And one of the best ways to do so is the FAFSA. So our first FAFSA myth that we're going to talk about today is, do I have to take out loans if I fill out the FAFSA? Or alternatively, the FAFSA, FAFSA, gives me loans. And we're going to talk a little bit about, bit about that in a second. I also want to talk about the overall deadline for filling out and completing the FAFSA form. And then also the individual state deadlines, because all 50 states have their own deadline. Of course, some of those deadlines are the same, but uh, it's super important that we talk about which state has what deadline so that you know when you need to get your FAFSA complete and submitted by. Quick bit of information before we jump in. I'm going to do the announcements at the end. I'm not going to make you listen to any announcements at the beginning. Um, But first things first, the FAFSA, and I'm going to say this at the top of every episode, the FAFSA stands for Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Free. You only ever want to go to the fafsa.gov or fafsa.ed.gov.edu, whatever. But you do not, you do not need to pay to have your FAFSA done. Now, if you need help completing your FAFSA, my biggest and best recommendation is to reach out to a local college or the institution that you want to attend. Their financial aid office is going to help you because they want you to attend. And sometimes the FAFSA is something you have to do. Now, There are some folks who cannot uh, fill out the FAFSA, and that's totally understandable. So something that you can do uh, if you live in the state of Michigan, and I highly encourage you if you don't live in the state of Michigan to check out what resources other states have. But in the state of Michigan, there is the Michigan Echo Scholarship. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to my last episode because that episode talks all about what the Michigan Echo Scholarship is, how to complete it, and all that wonderful stuff. So definitely check that out. Now, the free application for federal student aid. If you're on a website that is asking you to pay to complete the FAFSA, get away from that website, it should be free. It should always be free. Now, a couple other things to get help with the the FAFSA is um, if you live in the state of Michigan, we of course have three different college advising corps. um, And they are, those cores are spread out across the state. I'm I'm trying to think of like, there's multiple regions. And so there's advisors in different schools. Um, and so you've got three. You've got the University of Michigan Advising Corps, the Michigan State 
uh, college advising core, and then you've got Advise Michigan, which is comprised of students who've graduated from a bunch of different colleges in Michigan. And they're on the east side, the west side, the thumb, they're north, south, middle of the state. There's, I think, a, a few students up at the very top of the lower peninsula. And I know for certain that there's a, an advisor, um, at least in Sault Ste. Marie. So I'm hoping, I know that they're hoping to expand further into the UP. And I think that there are um, some advisors in other places. I'm just a little out of the loop. And so you can always reach out to one of those advisors. I would even recommend, even if you're not at the school they're at, reach out. Um, local community foundations, uh, local community colleges or universities that are in your city, those, all those financial aid uh, offices are going to be a great help to fill that out if you have questions or need help with it. We are going to deep dive a little bit into some other things like myths um, and talk about de you know, dependency or independent and those things. But today the biggest myth that I really want to touch on um, before we jump into the deadlines is if I fill out the FAFSA, I am going to have to take out a loan, and I don't want to do that. And that's totally understandable, and the cool thing is, is you do not have to take out a loan. So the FAFSA is just that. It's an application. It's a form, albeit a long form, but it is just a form. So what you're going to be doing is filling out this form and turning it in. What happens with the whole figuring out how much aid you get and stuff like that, that happens at the college level. And so the college will go through, they'll look at it and they'll say, okay, based off of your EFC, which is the expected family contribution or the estimated family contribution, that number lets us know how much the government thinks your family can provide. Is that number accurate? No, but that's what we're working with. And so they'll say, hey, we have these grants. Hey, we have this going for you. I know at U of M, their EFC is pretty high in terms of the grant amount. Um, and then, you know, at uh, Oakland University, depending on that, there, there's the Grizzly Guarantee. You know, so there's different institutions will have different resources and grants based on their own criteria, which is great because that means that you could uh, receive a lot more aid. So that's why I recommend applying to multiple colleges because you might not get a ton of aid at one college that has a program and then you have a similar program at another college and you apply to that one and you get a lot more aid, which is super helpful. So always apply to a couple different schools and see what those award packages are because they're going to be different. Now when you get your award letter, What's going to happen is you're going to see, uh, if you do get aid outside of loans, you're going to see a Pell Grant. You might see institutional aid. Uh, and then you might, of course, see subsidized or unsubsidized Stafford loans or potentially a, a Parent PLUS loan. Um, and I'll talk about those in a second. But with those two student loans, those the, the student loans are the subsidized or unsubsidized Stafford loans, I believe is, is what they're titled. Um, you can reach out to your institution's financial aid office once you've said you're going to go there and, and do all that stuff. You can reach out to that financial aid office and say, I do not want to take out these loans. And you know what happens? Those loans do not get put onto your student account. You do not have to pay them back because you never took them out. You get the choice whether or not you want to take out a loan. Now, some students are like, well, I don't want to take out a loan from the government. I don't want to owe anything. I'm going to do a private loan, which can be good. It's not a bad idea to reach out to local financial institutions and see what's going on and, and try to do something where you can get locked into a specific interest rate. 
The tricky thing about private loans from large loan companies is sometimes they don't have a fixed interest rate. And that's one thing that's really great about the government loans that come from the FAFSA, those Stafford loans, is because they also have a fixed interest rate. And that interest rate is not based off of your credit score, which at 17 or 18, you probably don't have because you can't have a credit card. And so your interest rate is going to be locked in at a 4% or maybe up to a 6, I think, with some unsubsidized. And that's very low for not having a good credit score. Uh, Very low. And so it's going to be locked in for as long as you are paying those loans. That's going to be your interest rate. Now, at a private institution, you may have a higher interest rate, like 8% or 10%. And that means that every month, 10% of what's left of your loan is getting added back into the balance of your loan. So let's say you take out a $3,000 loan, right? What is 10% of $3,000? I'll give you a second to do that math. 10% of $3,000. So that's 3,000 times 0.10. What does that equal? $300. So for a a loan that is $3,000, as soon as interest starts accruing on that, which is 10%, that's an extra $300 added to that every single month. With a lower loan rate, or lower interest rate on one of those government loans, say 4%, that's going to be much less, uh, lower than 150 months. That's still quite a bit that, that adds in, right? Okay, so let's break down the difference between unsubsidized and subsidized because I just talked about those. With an unsubsidized loan, that means that as soon as you take it out, whatever the interest rate is on it, that interest does start accruing on that student loan. Now, subsidized loans means that interest does not start accruing until uh, you graduate from college, until you start paying it back. And you have, with government loans, you do not have to pay them, the government loans through the FAFSA, you do not have to start paying those loans back until six months after you graduate or uh, if you have not been attending college, right? So if you stop attending for a chunk of time, as long as it's not more than six months, um, or is it three months? Okay, I double-checked. It is six months. Um, I'm not going to cut that out because guess what? It's important to go back and double-check and make sure that you're correct, especially when you're giving uh, people information. And so I want to be clear and honest with you that I just did that. Uh, It is generally six months. Um, Okay, so the six-month thing is great, right? Uh, You don't have to pay that back, which gives you time to secure a job, get comfortable in it before you have to start figuring out all that stuff. Another really great thing, which seems weird, is you have to do entrance and exit counseling to receive and and, um, complete those student loans. And that gives you a ton of information on what that means, how to repay them, what it's going to look like, et cetera. I was terribly nervous to complete my exit loan counseling because I was scared. What if I didn't make enough? What if I couldn't do enough to repay these loans? When I did that, I found out what my monthly payment would be, and I was like, that's super doable, which made me feel a lot better about everything. And they have different plans where you can do an income-based payment and things like that. They're much more flexible. So you don't have to start paying back those loans that come from the FAFSA until after you graduate. Now, it's not this way with every single private loan or financial institution loan, but a lot of times you have to start making payments on those after you take them out. 
It's not to say you shouldn't use those because sometimes there's a really great option, but be aware that they don't run the same as those loans that come from the FAFSA. So if you are looking at taking something out from a financial institution or a private loan company, definitely make sure that you really and truly read all of the fine print and figure things out. Kind of scary, a lot of financial mumbo jumbo. I recommend if you have questions, reach out to a local credit union or bank and just talk to someone about what loans are and what they mean for you, what they mean for college, and how they can impact your financial um, well-being, your financial health later on down the line, including credit score, learn about what a credit score is, all that stuff. Those institutions have a ton of great information, and it's a really great idea to start learning about that right now before you can even get a credit card. So that way you can continue to have really good financial health as you move through your life. And they're trained. They're professionals. They know what they're talking about. So definitely ask them. So I mentioned one other kind of loan, and that is the Parent PLUS loan. Um, so... The Parent PLUS loan are different than the student loans. Um, and I apologize, I said Stanford. I think it's direct and F-F-E-L now or what they are called instead of Stafford. Um, and so with the Parent PLUS loan, it's a loan that your parent would take out based on their credit score. And so sometimes, and this is a little tricky and I don't love it, and I hope if any institutions are listening they take heed because I think it's a little ooh. The institution on your award letter may show how much of a parent plus loan you would need to cover the balance. That amount does not necessarily mean that's how much a parent could take out with that parent plus loan because it's based off of their credit score and things like and their financial health, things like that. So if your parent does want to take out a parent plus loan, it doesn't get that same grace period that a student loan does of not having to pay it back until six months after graduation. The loan repayment period starts up just like a regular loan, and it's immediately after you take out that loan. I don't know if you could hear the snap. Immediately. So it acts more like a regular loan and less like a student loan, and it's a loan that your parents take back, and it's a loan that you or a loan that your parents take out, and it is your parents' responsibility to pay it back. So if that's an option that you all want to do, either have them listen to this episode or talk to them about it or have them go and talk to a financial aid representative at that institution to make sure that they know everything. Also, don't focus on that as the only way to finish paying off your college uh, tuition or room and board because they may not be eligible for the amount that is estimated or shown as what's needed on that award letter. And like I said, institutions don't love that because then what you're doing is you're showing, hey, here's an amount of money that you can get when that might not necessarily be the case. So I usually, when I would work with students, would say, hey, that could be an option. Let's look at some scholarships and things that don't require you or your parents to pay something back first. So all that being said, the Parent PLUS loan is not something that you have to say no to. If you don't fill out an application for it, you won't take it out. With those student loans, you do not have to take them. You can say, no thanks, and it's different at each institution. Um, you may have to fill out a form. There may be a, like a, a thing on your student portal um, where you can accept or deny your loans. It might be online. It might be a paper form. Each institution is going to do it differently. 
best way to make sure that you've got all of your steps in line is to reach out again to that financial aid office. Um, and do so not the day before classes start. I'm going to let you in on the biggest trade secret of connecting and working with college professionals. Waiting the week before classes start to have all of these financial aid questions and things like that, it's really tricky because everyone does that. So you're going to be waiting for a long time. You're going to be working with people who are stressed and tired and have been talking to like millions of students, it feels like, all day. So as soon as you get these questions, give them a call, right? Um, give them a call or send them an email as soon as these questions pop up for you, even if it's right now. If it's right now and you, well, maybe wait until February because semesters have just started right now, so it's a little busy. But if it's in the middle of February or when you get that award letter in April or May, reach out to them, you know, reach out to those offices then because it gives you time to figure out what you want to do with the information they give you. But it also allows them to really talk with you and explain everything and not be in a time crunch. So make sure you reach out early and reach out often. So myth number one. If I fill out the FAFSA, I have to take out loans. Boom, busted, no you do not. You can accept if you would like those loans or you can deny if you do not want those loans. Okay, we are going to head into a slightly drier topic because we're just gonna be talking about deadlines. Um, so the first deadline that I really want to talk about is the overall FAFSA deadline for this, the FAFSA you want to fill out for this upcoming, uh, college year, which would be fall of 22 through spring and summer one of 2023. So the FAFSA form must be submitted by 11, 11.59 PM central time. So if you're like me and you live in Eastern standard time or mountain time, anything like that, you want to then adjust that time period accordingly to your time. It's 11.59 central time on June 30th, 2023. Any corrections or updates must be submitted by 11.59 p.m. on September 10th, 2023. Now, for the 21-22 academic year, you can submit that form all the way up until June 30th, 2022. So if you haven't done your FAFSA and you are in college for this year, you can still complete that up until June 30th, potentially use those funds to pay a balance, etc. Any corrections, of course, 11.59 p.m. Central Time uh, on September 10th. Same thing, just a year earlier, this summer, this fall. So um, your college may have a specific deadline. You can check that. A lot of public universities, community colleges, things like that, those are going to go by what the state deadline is. If you're not 100% sure, um, or, or if, your college, if your state has like a college system, you might want to check it out. Some states are not quite as like centralized as that in terms of things, so all institutions are going to have their own, and you'll just want to reach out to your individual financial aid office, and Alabama is one of those states. So we're going to talk through the 2022-2023 FAFSA deadlines, and just so you all know, 
Um, the FAFSA did open up on October 1st of 2022, so you can start filling the, or sorry, 2021, October 1st of 2021. You're going to need your and your parent or family or guardians 2020 taxes for the 2022, 2023, because it's prior, prior year. So we're going to go through state by state, all 50 states, and we're going to let you know when the deadline is for that, for the, tw- for this year's 2022, 2023, or I should say next year's, uh, FAFSA deadline. So Alabama, you do want to contact your institution's financial aid office because they all do theirs uh, individually. So Alaska, uh, they have a specific state grant called the Alaska Education Grant, and you want to fill out your FAFSA as soon as possible after October 1st, 2021, um, because the awards for that Alaska Education Grant, they're there until they're gone. So the sooner you get it in, the sooner you save that. Um, But overall, June 30th, 2022, Uh, You want to do that again for the Alaska Performance Scholarship, which is a different one. For priority consideration, you want to submit that application by the June 30th, 2022 deadline. Um, This is actually technically Canada, but we're going to go for it. For Alberta, you want to, again, contact your financial aid office. Uh, America Samoa, again, contact your financial aid office. Um, This one, they do say that additional forms might be required, so definitely check in. Uh, Arizona is another contact your financial aid office. Each college or university may do their own thing. Now, Arkansas has an academic challenge, and so if you would like to be considered for that, um, as well as the Our Future Grant for the fall term, you want to complete the FAFSA by July 1st, 2022, by midnight central time. January 10th, 2023 is going to be for the Our Future Grant for the spring term, and again, midnight Central Time, January 10th, 2023. British Columbia, which is again Canada, contact your financial aid office. For California, if you are applying for different state financial aid programs, you want to make sure that March 2020, March 2nd, 2022, 030222, uh, that is when you have submitted your FAFSA. The Cal Grant also requires a sum- submission of a school certified GPA by March 2nd. September 2nd is going to be for the additional community college Cal grants. So September 2nd, 2022. Uh, And then also make sure that you contact your financial aid office. Uh, And this one's super important in California. If you're a non-citizen without social security card or had one issued through the federal deferred action for childhood arrivals, so DACA, uh, you should fill out the California Dream Act. To, sorry, California Dream Act application at dream.csac.ca.gov. And that's dream, D R E A M, dot C S A C dot C A dot gov, G O V. Colorado, again, contact your financial aid office of the institutions you're interested in attending. Connecticut is February 15th, 2022 by uh, midnight central time. Delaware is April 15th, 2022. Now DC is August 19th, 2022. For priority consideration, you wanna submit that FAFSA form by August 19th, 2022. For the DC tuition assistance grant, make sure that you get that in by August 26th, 2022 to receive priority consideration. For the Federated States of Micronesia, Again, you want to contact the individual financial aid office. Florida's is May 15th, 2022. Georgia is ASAP after October 1st. Um, 
you definitely want to check with each institution because additional forms may be required. Um, again, this it sounds like there's different state aid programs where those are available until the money runs out. So the sooner you get it in, the more chances you have to get some of that money. Um, for Guam, again, contact your financial aid office. For Hawaii, contact your financial aid office. Idaho is March 1st, 2022. They have the Opportunity Scholarship, and for priority consideration, you got to get that in by March 1st, 2022, by midnight central time. Again, at your institution for different grants or financial uh, aid opportunities, there may be additional forms that are required, so just check in, make sure you're all set there. Illinois, ASAP after October 1st, 2021. Um, again, the monetary award program is renewal deadline. You want to visit isac.org for that. And again, as soon as possible after October 1st, because awards are made until those funds are depleted. Indiana is similar in that uh, they have an adult student grant. So if you are a returning student or an adult student, um, awards are going to be given for the adult student grant until they are depleted. You do have to submit an additional form at Scholar Track in.gov. Uh, and then the Workforce Ready Grant, again, as soon as possible after October 1st to be eligible for that. And then um, two more, a grant and a scholarship. The Franco Bannon Grant you, and the 21st Century Scholarship, you have to have your FAFSA in by April 15th, 2022. For the state of Iowa, July 1st, 2022, by midnight, there may be earlier priority deadlines, so definitely check in on state websites and for your specific institution with their financial aid office. Kansas, April 1st, 2022. Um, again, same situation as Iowa. Check in with your institution and with the state website to make sure there are no additional forms or different dates. Kentucky, as soon as possible after October 1st, when those state funds run out, the awards will stop. Louisiana's is July 1st, 2023, but they recommend having that submitted by February 1st, 2022. Maine is May 1st, 2022. Manitoba over in Canada, again, they want you to check with your financial aid office as well as the Marshall Islands also connect with your financial aid office. Maryland's deadline is March 1st, 2022. Massachusetts, May 1st, 2022. And that's by midnight. Um, Michigan is March 1st, 2022, by midnight central time, and that's going to be for state funding, uh, federal funding, etc. Um, Minnesota, they want you to contact your financial aid office. Um, often for Minnesota, 30 days after the term starts, you want to do that by midnight. Um, Mississippi has a couple. For the MTAG and the MESG grants, you want to make sure that you have that in by October 15th, 2022. Now, if you're looking at the HELP grant, uh, that one's going to be April 30th, 2022, so that one comes a little bit sooner. In Missouri, February 1st, 2022, um, again, you want to do that for priority consideration, but applications are accepted through April 1st, 2022. In Montana, December 1st, 2021, that is for priority consideration, but definitely check with your financial aid administrator because additional forms could be required. For the Northern Mariana Islands, April 30th, 2022 is the deadline, and that's for priority consideration. Um, again, check in because additional forms could be required. Nebraska, contact the financial aid institute or office of your institution that you're looking to attend. 
Nevada has uh, three. The first is ASAP after October 1st, 2021 for the Silver State Opportunity Grant. Awards are made until those funds are depleted. March 1st, 2022 for the Nevada Promise Scholarship. Again, check in. There's maybe some additional forms required. And then also double check with your financial aid office just to make sure in, in case there are any other forms that are required or any other deadlines. New Brunswick, check in with your financial aid office. New Hampshire, check in with your financial aid office. Um, for New Jersey, you've got three. April 15th, 2022, that's for renewal applicants of the 2021-22 uh, tuition aid grant recipients. Um, and then for September 15th, 2022, that's all other applicants for the fall and spring terms have to be in by September 15th, 2022. And then February 15th, 2023 are all other applicants for the spring term. New Mexico, contact your financial aid office. New York's is June 30th, 2023 by midnight. Again, check in with your financial aid office at your institute because there could be some additional forms. Uh, Newfoundland, check with your financial aid office. There is no state or province deadline for Newfoundland, so it's going to be on a college or university basis. Uh, again, Newfoundland or Newfoundland, excuse me, and Labrador, uh, check in with your financial aid office. North Carolina is ASAP for as soon as after, wow, as soon as possible after October 1st. Uh, awards are available until funds are depleted, and that's the same for North Dakota ASAP after October 1st. For the Northwest Territories, again, contact your financial aid office as well as for Nova Scotia. Um, for uh, Northwest Territories, Nova Scotia, and Nunavut, there is no state or province deadline for all three of those, so check in with your financial aid office of your uh, institution. For Ohio, it is October 1st, 2022, midnight central time. Oklahoma is as soon as possible after October 1st, 2021. Again, those funds run out, those awards are done. Ontario, same as most of the other can Canadian provinces. There's no specific deadline, so just check in with your financial aid office. Oregon has three. As soon as possible after October 1st for the Oregon Opportunity Grant, um, March 1st for the OSAC Private Scholarships, and then also contact your financial aid office for the Oregon Promise Grant. Um, you want to contact your state agency and also the institution that you're looking at attending. Um, for Palo or Palu, you want to contact that financial aid office as well. Pennsylvania has two, August 1st, 2022. Um, all first-time applicants enrolled in a community college, business, trade, or technical school, hospital school of nursing, designated Pennsylvania open admission institution, or a non-transferable two-year pro two program. That's August 1st, 2022. May 1st, 2022 for all other applicants. Uh, for Prince Edward Island, same as the other Canadian provinces, contact your financial aid office. Puerto Rico, contact your financial aid office. Quebec, contact your financial aid office. Rhode Island, contact your financial aid office. Um, there may be some additional forms, and each college is going to do their own thing. Uh, Saskatchewan, as with all of our friendly Canadian neighbor provinces, contact your financial aid office. There is no state or province deadline for Saskatchewan. South Carolina, um, for the SC Commission of Higher Education need-based grants, you want to get that done as soon as possible after October 1st, 2021. Awards are made until funds are depleted. And then for tuition grants by June 30th, 2022. For South Dakota, contact your financial aid office. For Tennessee, they've got three. February 1st, 2022 is for the state grant and the Tennessee Promise. Uh, 
September 1st, 2022, the state lottery for fall term. February 1st, 2023, the state lottery for the spring and summer terms. Texas has one, January 15th, 2022, um, and that's for priority consideration. The U.S. Virgin Islands, contact your financial aid office. Utah, contact that financial aid office. Vermont, as soon as possible after October 1st. Again, those awards are available until funds are depleted. Um, check in with your institution because additional forms could be required. Uh, Virginia, check with that financial aid office. The state of Washington, which is different than D.C., what different than Washington, D.C., that's going to be as soon as possible after October 1st. They also recommend you reach out to your financial aid office. Um, if a student is ineligible for federal aid, but they meet state financial aid um, programs and residency requires, you should complete the Washington application for state financial aid at wsac.wa.gov slash wasfa instead of the FAFSA form. If you are not sure, you can always contact the Washington Student Achievement Council at wasfa at wsac.wa.gov uh, or reach out to your college. West Virginia has two, March 1st, 2022, that's for their Promise Scholarship, and then April 15th, 2022, for the West Virginia Higher Education Grant and the West Virginia Invest Grant. Wisconsin, contact your financial aid office, as well as for Wyoming, and then for Yukon, contact the financial aid office as well. So that is all of them, and I thought we were just going to do the 50 states, but hey, we did, I think, all of Canada and some of the other... Um, I guess officially titled Unofficial Incorporated Territories of the U.S. Um, so we did those two. So there's all those. Like I said, that was that was pretty dry. Um, but, you know, definitely write down what you heard for your state. Um, I think it's always really helpful and cool to know what kind of state aid is available. So definitely check that out. In terms of Michigan... Um, you've obviously got Futures for Frontliners, that one's done, but you've got Reconnect for students over 25 who don't have an associate's degree or any degree yet. Um, you can use that to basically have the tuition for an associate's degree paid for. You've got the Michigan Echo Scholarship, which is really similar to Futures for Frontliners, um, and, re and there's no age limit like there is for Reconnect, but it, it's similar in that it's for an associate's degree. Um, there's the Tuition Incentive Program. You may have heard it called TIP. There are programs for children of, like, firefighters and veterans or, you know, folks who have perished in those positions. Um, and there's, there's a ton of really good stuff. Um, if a student's been in foster care, uh, I know Western Michigan University has the CETA Scholars. There are, you know, Fostering Success in, in Michigan. There's a bunch of really cool organizations. Um, and that's just at the state level. And there's more stuff at the institutional level, like CETA Scholars, right, for foster, you know, uh, students as well. So if, if you're thinking, like, hey, I wonder if there's something for me, definitely check it out. I always highly recommend that students check out scholarships. There are scholarships for people who are left-handed. There are scholarships for people who like to skateboard. If you really like drawing ducks, there's a scholarship for you, and your drawing could end up on a stamp. Like, there's so many different scholarships out there. Just look at them. Like, look them up and give them a shot. I highly recommend you do that before you accept those loans. Uh, or deny them. So you just kind of have a better idea of what you've got scholarship-wise. All right, announcement time. As always, please uh, like, comment, subscribe, rate. 
this podcast. It really helps other folks to learn a little bit more about college and the steps they need to take to get there. Um, and if you have questions, you can reach out to me at podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. And of course, there's our website with a ton of free resources, podcastcollegetalk.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. And uh, last but not least, we are going to get back into the swing of things. So you won't hear from me next Wednesday, but you'll hear from me the Wednesday after. We'll be back to our every other week posting. And we're going to be breaking down each episode one FAFSA myth at a time for the next couple weeks until um, we make the FAFSA seem a lot less scary. Is it the most exciting thing in the world? No, it's a form. It's kind of boring, but it shouldn't be a scary process. Um, I am hoping to get a couple really wonderful financial aid uh, people in on the episode. So if you are looking at going to a specific college and you want to hear from a financial aid officer or administrator or advisor at that institution, please send me an email, put a comment in the comment section on you know any of the platforms and let me know and I will reach out to that institution to get someone to talk about the financial aid information that they have from there. Gives you a name and a voice. So if you call, it's not quite as scary. Awesome. As always, it has been my absolute pleasure to chat with you here on College Talk.